In the land with your purpose, and having hung around this bishop for barely seven years now, seven to eight years now, I'm always fired up. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's a man of purpose, patience, and kind. You, you've been with him too long to know this. I am proud of you for your proactive leadership. And King's Voice Ministry, together with my family, we are celebrating with you this 25 years anniversary. Even though you've, you've, you've gone through the valley of shadow of death, the Lord is with you. Defended you, protected you, provided for you. You carry the presence of God with you. Not only did you carry the presence of God, you carry the protection of God with you wherever you go. And he has been your provider. And he will continue to be your provider. However, I want to say the best is here to come. <laughs> come on. Walk to, walk to seven people this morning and tell them, it's not yet over. The best is yet to come. Come on, walk to seven people. Give a handshake to seven people and tell him or her, the best is yet to come. We've come this far by grace. We've come this far, this 25 years by grace. But the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Come on. I say the best prophesying. Prophesy it, prophesy it, prophesy it, prophesy it. Come on, prophesy. Say loud and clear. The best is yet to come. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The best is yet to come. Shout it loud and clear. The best is yet to come. Hallelujah. I see a better future for new day. I see a better future for new day. The best is yet to come. Shall we all say it? The best is yet to come. It's coming. It's coming. Come on. It's coming. Nobody can stop it. The growth is coming. The increase is coming. The multiplication is coming. Whatever the Lord has said to you is coming. It's going to happen in the name of Jesus. What the eyes have not seen, nor the heart of man ever conceived, are the things God will do that I summit the best. The best, the best, the best is yet to come. I celebrate with you, Bishop and the family, 
and the leadership of the church, all elders, and everyone seated here today, you are our celebration. God bless you. You know the song, we've come this far by grace. Ta -na 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 Oh, singer, never fail. No, 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 we've come. We've come this far by faith. Singing, no, 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 we've come this far, we've come this far by faith. Put your hand together for Jesus. We've come this far by grace. Tell somebody, we've come this far by grace. Are you ready for God's word this morning? Hallelujah. Will you please go with me to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24, reading verse 14 down to 18. Let's hear the word of God. Joshua chapter 24, reading from verse number 14 down to 18. Let's hear the word of God. Now, fear the Lord. And serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods. Your ancestors worshipped beyond the Ifrit River and Egypt. And serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Ifrit or the gods of the Ammonite, Amorite, in whose land you are dwelling. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Oh, come on, if you have your Bible, underline that, or you can color it. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord God. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on, on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. 18. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites, who live in the land. We too, we will serve the Lord because he is our God. Hallelujah. Father, we pray today. We give you all the glory and praise for your word. And I ask, oh God, that you bless every heart that hear you today. In the name of Jesus, may your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. amen. 
get serious with God. Because God want to do something serious with your life and through you and for you. God want to do something serious with your life and for you and through you and with you. Therefore, it is time to get serious with God. God want to do immeasurably more things for us. God want to do and in imaginable stuff in our life and for us and for his kingdom. That's why there's a need for everybody to get serious with God. God wants to open supernatural doors for us. That's why we need to be what? Serious with God. For when we are serious with God, God will be serious with us. Hence my theme. Get committed. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, get committed. Oh, I can't hear you. The word commitment means to give your time and your energy to something that, is, that you believe in and it's important for you. Let me say it again. The willingness or a willingness to give your time and energy to something that you believe in and it's so important, relevant, and significant for you. Hallelujah. The children of God has come this far. They have crossed the Jordan in the land of Israel, in the land of Canaan, enjoying the prosperity, enjoying the milk and the honey that the Lord promised them. And now Joshua came up because some of them were worshipping idols of the land. Joshua came up and asking them, no, this is not the way God wants you to live. There is a better way. There is a godly way. There is a way that seems good unto man, but the end thereof is death. And Joshua, who is the leader of the church of Israel in the diaspora, was asking them, this is one thing you got to do now. Choose you this day. Choose for you this day. Whom you will serve. Either the idols our forefathers worship in Egypt. And in the cities of Ammonite. Or the land which we are today. There are so many idols. So many idols being made. New idols being formed today. Come on. I said, new idols be made today in the land of Babylon. Man-made idols, man-made voodoos, man-made things. And Joshua said, make a choice, make a decision, and be committed, and be serious in serving that God. But as for me, and he declared his stand, he doesn't need to go to the family and say, what do you think, man? Let's think of this one thing. What do you think? What must we do? No. He's the man in charge. He made a declaration. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on. Tell somebody, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, say it loud and clear. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Lord God Almighty, when Joshua made this declaration in the land, 
Everybody said, no, it was God who brought us and our forefathers from the land of Egypt, from the slavery, from the Babylonian land, from the system of the world to this place. We will not go and bow down to the system of the world. We will not bow down to any evil. We will not bow down to the, to the gods of the Ammonite. But we too, we too, we too, we will serve the Lord. Come on. We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. I have a question for you. But I'm going to answer it myself. What does it mean to be committed? Think about it in a minute. Should it be just worse spoken? What does it mean to be committed? When you see someone who is committed, dedicated, loyal, faithful to God and to his kingdom, it means separated or separation from the world. Hello? It means separation from the world. From the Babylonian system. In Babylon, the king can get up and make an idol and demand from everybody, bow to this. Man-made ideas. In Babylon, the king can get up and make a decision. You dare not pray to anybody. You got to pray to me for 30 days. Whom would you show your commitment to? In the midst of this. Thank God for the life of Daniel, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. Who took a stand for God. They were committed not to the system. We are in the world but we are not part of the world. Separation from the world. Oh, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 18 said, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 18 said, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What Harmony is there between Christ and Belial. Or what does a believer have in common with unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God? You are the temple of God. An idol. There is no agreement. For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live among them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, 17 said, therefore, come out of the, come out of from them. Come, come out from them and be separated. Says the Lord, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be your father. I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters. Says the Lord. 
What does it mean to be separated? What does it mean to be committed unto the Lord? What does it mean to be committed to God, his kingdom, and to the leadership of the church and the vision of the church? For a paradigm shift. Separation from ungodly relationship and association. It is time, child of God, to separate from every ungodly relationship and association. Remember, your association determines your destination. Hallelujah. Come on and say hallelujah. In Genesis 13 verse 14, we saw how God called Abraham. Abraham had a challenge with, with, with a man called Lot. His nephew. I don't know whom you're having a challenge with. You may be having a challenge with the flesh. I don't know what is it. But listen to me, child of God. It was time for Abraham to get out. And be separated unto God. I'm talking about separated from and separated to God. This guy disturbed Abraham. And one day Abraham get up and says, son or nephew, let me call it this. Nephew, listen to me. There's something you got to do. Made a decision today. Made an informed, a deliberate, an intentional decision today. Choose between the desert and the greener pasture. Can I say something here? Be careful where you choose. Because the greener pasture can become the Sodom and Gomorrah tomorrow. And Lord said, I love the green pasture. I love the greener pasture. And he, he moved away. Down, 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 down. To the green pastures. And, and Abraham was left. He turned around. All he saw was the desert. No, no green grass there. No trees out there. Oh. Oh. He looked at it. And God said, come up here, Abraham. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. And he climbed the hills. He climbed the hills. God said, come still. Come up here still. He climbed the hills and the mountain. And God said, in verse 14 of Genesis 13, and said, look. Look at the eastward. The southward. The westward. And the northward. As your eyes can see, as far as your eye can see, I will give it to you. Hey, Malaboshaka, can I tell you something? Until you separate yourself from the from ungodly association and from your flesh, you cannot see your tomorrow. You cannot see your future. The future is brighter than what you see today. Hallelujah. When Abraham was alone with God, he began to see better. I pray today that the God whom we serve will open your eyes and you will see the better future ahead of you. I want to declare to you today, the best is yet to come. Oh. Oh. 
Oh. And God told Abraham, come on, get down now. Now you have seen it now, yourself. I have given to you and your children. Now get out, get down, and walk across the, the, the borders of the city. Everything your eyes see, I give it to you. Come on, I give it to you. If you see healing, it's yours. Deliverance, it's yours. Power, it's yours. Mercy, it's yours. An open door, it's yours. A house, it's yours. Prosperity, it's yours. Whatever your eyes see, I give it to you. It also means separation from Every ungodly vocation being committed also means separation from every ungodly vocation. That means vocation that lead to temptations. Hallelujah. It also means separation from yourself. Oh, this is difficult. Emmanuel, what are you saying to me this morning? I am saying that commit, being co commitment to the kingdom, getting serious with God, also means separation from yourself. Yourself in this context means flesh. Oh, come on. Turn to someone you've not spoken with today. Separate yourself because God is about to do something in your life. Oh, that even if you are told, you will not believe it. Why commitment is important? Why is it important? Why is it important to be committed to God? Why? Why must I be committed? Why must I be dedicated? Why must I be loyal, faithful to God and his kingdom? Why must I pay allegiance to God all my life? Your understanding fuels your, de your, your, your determination. Your understanding of this stuff fuels your what? Your determination. And your determination imparts your anticipation. Hallelujah. Why is it necessary to be committed to God and to the leadership of the church? And a vision God has given. Yes, I know you are committed. But if we, if we want to measure your commitment, what degree will it be? 51%? 100%? Or 99%? Or negative 4 Why is it necessary? Because, write it down if you want to. Because being serious with God is necessary. For God does not take you serious until you are serious. 
Oh, this is hard to chew. God does nothing serious with unserious people. Documented. Hallelujah. I say God does nothing serious until you take him serious. In 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30. Therefore the Lord God of Israel declares, I promise that members of your household will minister before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far, far be it. Those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me, will I despise. God is asking for absolute commitment. Absolute, complete commitment. Being serious with God is necessary because God does serious business with those who do what? Who are serious with him. Those who are not serious. Let me put it this way. On serious, on serious people do not enjoy the best of God. Pastor, shall I pack and leave? Hello? Why is everybody quiet? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, say thank you, Jesus. Being serious with God is necessary because God does not do anything serious or any serious business with, 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 with spiritually unserious people. Can I say it again? God does not do any serious thing with spiritually unserious people. Unserious in fasting and prayer. Unserious people. Unserious in, in, in Bible study. Unserious in missions and evangelism. Spiritually unserious. When it comes to giving, he doesn't care. Giving is a spiritual thing. For every uncommon seed you sow will produce uncommon harvest. The quality and the quantity of your seed determine the harvest you will grab tomorrow. Hmm. God want to do serious things with serious people. Oh, serious things with serious people. If God give you that business right now, how will you handle it? You'll be so committed. So why not the kingdom? You will not miss that, that, that work. That contract, you will not miss it. You, you will not miss it because it has a financial reward. But what about the kingdom? When it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to the kingdom of God, there is a spiritual reward and physical reward for those who are committed. If you love me so much, meet me tonight and Wednesday. We will die. I want to teach a, a whole package on commitment. For the next 25 years, a new day 
God want to give a new day to somebody. Oh, come on. I said, God want to give a new day to somebody. Hallelujah. Being serious with God is necessary because the devil do not take you serious until you are serious with God. Hear me? <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the devil does not take you serious, will not take you serious if you are not serious. Until you are serious with God's kingdom, he said, ha, this guy, we must fight him quickly. Else, he will take our kingdom. He will destroy our kingdom. Hello? Why must I be committed? <laughs> Why is it necessary? God does, not, God does not have a reason to promote you if you do not represent him. <laughs> Hello? I said, God does not have a reason to promote someone who is not committed. If you do not represent him. If you are not his deputy, if you are not his ambassador, if you are not his, uh, his representative, if you don't represent God, how can an ambassador of America go to a country and he will not be serious with the instructions of his president? He will be, he will be taken back home. No, you can't. The president nominated you. And send it on a mission to be his deputy, his ambassador. In a country, in a foreign land. And the reason is that you are to represent him. Be his mouthpiece. Be his leg and hand. Eyes, everything. So you got to walk according to the dictates of his instruction. Led by the spirit. You are there. Messing out with the people, with a civilian, not taking the instruction of your president, you will, be, you will return. It's a sign you're not serious. The same with the kingdom of God. Hello? Come on and say hello. Hello? <laughs> Are you hearing me, somebody? Oh, the king of Babylon said, everybody must bow to his idols. He made an idol. He had a dream. And the dream meant something different. Seeing a huge, tall, nine feet tall, giant image in a dream. And that the head is gold, the chest is brows, and the feet down to the to the leg, mixed with clay and uh, clay and uh, and iron. And he he called uh, Daniel and people to interpret the dream for him, and they did. He understood it, but he decided and said, "No, since I am the head, I am the Nebuchadnezzar. I'm the head. I'm going to make all from the top to the head." He made an idol out of it. Without seeking the face of God. And he, he decreed everybody in his kingdom and beyond must bow to his idol. He made it. He made his man made. Anything man made is idol. Anything man made and bow to it is idol. 
And men came down and reported to the king, king, live forever. We've seen some guys out here who refused to bow to your, to your image, to your idol. He called them and asked them, did you really refuse to bow to my idol I have made? Oh, they said, yes, king, we, we have, we have, yes, yes. Oh, so you aren't afraid of me. I'm going to throw you into the fire. And they told the king, king, listen to us. With all apology, with all respect, we are not afraid of the fire. Hmm. Boys, you say what? You are not afraid of the fire? Hit it seven times again. And they threw them into the fire. Before they threw them into the fire, he declared, they declared, they declared wholeheartedly. We are even ready to go into the fire, even if our God will not save us. First he said, our God will deliver us. But if he does not, it's not a statement of doubt in God. Even if God will not, do not deliver us, we will not bow to your idol. We will not bow to your man-made ideas, ideas that are not from the kingdom of God. We will not bow to it. And the Bible says, they carried them and threw them into the fire. And the men that threw them into the fire burned and died. But this young man called Shidrach, Meshach, and Abednego who stood for God. Listen to me. They were dancing in the fire. They were singing, clapping. Come on. They were dancing in the fire. You can't, there, there is a future beyond. Listen. There is a future beyond the fire. There is a future beyond the trial. There is a future beyond the trouble you are going through. Hallelujah. That's why you got to represent God. Thank God. Uh, have you been fired from your business? It's a sign that you can start a company yourself. Because you are preaching the gospel in your office and they fire you. Come on, listen to me. It's a sign that there is a potential inside you. Go and maximize it. Maximize it. There is a demand. There is an assignment for you. The world is waiting for you. And when you represent God, God will represent you. I thank God that when I watch the corridors of heaven today, I see people who are committed here. I see from the corridors of God, you are committed. May God answer you in the name of Jesus. Get committed. Tell somebody, get committed. Come on, tell another person, be serious with God. Oh, hallelujah. Hmm. Let me say this to you. Being serious with God is necessary because faith for drastic intervention is needed. Listen to me. It's needed because faith, faith for drastic intervention is necessary. Where commitment to God is not absolute. Being serious with God is necessary because faith for drastic intervention is hindered. Life without faith in God, life without commitment, life without faith in God is a total and complete departure from the presence of God. Get committed. Push your number and say, get, get committed. Come on, say it again. 
Your commitment to God and his kingdom is necessary because your altar of remembrance before God is both empty and silent where there is no commitment. Can I say that again? Your commitment to God and his kingdom is necessarily because without, because your, your altar, heaven has an altar called an altar of remembrance. That's why a man called Cornelius, Cornelius, Cornelius was fasting on earth, giving alms on earth. And his giving became a memorial before God. God saw it. Oh, Cornelius, your givings are before me. I can't do without it. I could, I could smell it. It's a sweet aroma. They are memorial. Hallelujah. Before God. Come on, I say where? Before God. So when there is no commitment on the altar of, your, of, 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 God's, of God's altar, what will God remember you of? Hebrews 6.10 said, God is, un, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work. And the love you have shown him as you help his people and continue to help. God is not unjust. I remember when I first met your bishop. Oh, he, he is a great man. And your church, great blessings I have enjoyed. That's a sign of commitment. Hallelujah. Africa, my church, and the people in my villages enjoy the best from you. That's commitment. That's commitment. They are memorial on the altar of God. Seven years of meeting with him is a year of transformation. A perfect year of transformation in the other part of the world. Schools were built. Churches were raised. Buildings were fixed. Life were transformed. In this, within the 25 years, I had just seven years in between. Oh, what a great transformation. Can somebody put your hand together for Jesus? It is a memorial on the altar of remembrance. God remember you. Come on, let me say it again. God will remember you because there is a sacrifice on the altar from you. Oh, and because of this, God will bless you. He will make a way for you where there's no way. Come on, shout amen. this. If God cannot get your attention, then you cannot get his attention. This is difficult for somebody. Let me say it again. If God cannot get your attention, then you cannot get his attention. If God is not on your schedules, you will also not be on his schedule.
If what bothers God does not bother you, then what bothers you cannot bother God. Are you here? Oh. <laughs> Hello? Now, let, me make, let, let me make it clear again. If what bothers God does not bother you, then what bothers God? What bothers you will not bother God. Oh, let me repeat it again. Somebody need to get this right. If what bothers God, what matters to God does not matter to you, then what matters to you will not matter to God. If God considers this important and it does not make, you don't see it important, then what is important for you, God sees not important. If what God cares for, you don't care for it, then whatever you care for, God does not, will not care about it. Okay, let me give you an example. In Luke 7, 1 to 6, 1 to 7, there about. You can put it on the wall, but I will not read it. I will tell you the story. Put it on the wall, I will tell you the story. Listen to this. The elders of Israel, listen, the elders of Israel walked to Jesus and said, Jesus, there's one thing you got to do. That centurion son, or his, no, his servant is sick at the verge of dying. Please, come on. Heal the, heal the servant. He loved that servant so much. He need healing. Jesus was going this direction. <laughs> and they were all around him, talking with him, with a crowd of people. They were talking. And Jesus was still going because he, he, had, he had to go to some place. And the people persuaded Christ and convinced him. You know what? Jesus, he cared and loved our city and built a synagogue for us. What else will convince you not to help? He was going this direction. He was going this direction. And quickly, Jesus turned. <laughs> what moved him? The testimony. Watch it. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was already not. No, no, no. Go, go back. Go back, please. Go back. Verse 1. Now, when he concluded all the saying in the, in, in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Capernaum was like the headquarters of Jesus' ministry. He entered Capernaum. Go on, verse 2. And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick. Okay. I got it now. <laughs> and a certain centurion whose servant was dear to him was sick and ready to die. Ready to die. Hi. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they begged him, listen to me, they begged him earnestly, saying, that one, that, that the, the one for whom he should do this was deserving. In other words, the man deserved that. 
Who will speak for you? I pray that someone speak for you before the Lord God Almighty one day. Saying the Lord, this guy deserves this breakthrough. This guy deserves this opportunity. This guy deserves this open door. Lord, you get to rise up and do it for him. What is it? For he loved our nation. Love is giving. You can love. You, you can give to people without loving them. But you can't, if, if you love people, you can't do without. For he loves, loves, not loved, loves, it continue. It's present tense continue, my English. Present tense continue. In another way, he didn't stop. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. He's still doing it. He's, come on. He's still doing it. He never stopped because a brother insulted him. He never stopped because someone, someone said something against him. He never stopped because somebody was unfaithful. He never stopped giving because maybe somebody mistreated him or he was not recognized. Listen to me. He keep on giving. And he built and has built, has built us a synagogue. You know what it costs to build a synagogue? He alone built a synagogue, a centurion, a military man, and he's a Gentile. He believed in the God of Israel. Built. Uh, then Jesus went with them. Jesus. Oh, come on. Can you put your hand together for Jesus? He went with them. He went with them. He went with them. He went with them. Hallelujah. We went with them to heal that young man. I speak to you today. May the Lord go with you and heal that person for you. May the Lord come down to you and heal your infirmity. In the name of Jesus. I hear the Lord say, I remember your givings. I remember your offerings. I remember your tithes. Hallelujah! They are a sweet aroma in the face of God, in the nostrils of God. And when he remembered, he turned around. I speak a divine turn around in your life today. In that situation, I speak a divine turn around, a supernatural turn around in your ministry, in your church, in your marriage, in your business, in whatever your hand find to do. The Lord perform it for you in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. That testimony caught the heart of Jesus. He turned. He went to heal the dying man. You shall not die. You shall live. Come and say with me, I will not die. I shall live. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Come on, I say hallelujah. One day, one day. Oh, one day, one day, oh, Abraham left Canaan because there was a famine in the land. He came down to a land called Gera in the city of, uh, a city of Philistine. He came down there and told uh, the, the everyone, hey, my, my wife, you know, when they ask you who am I, tell them I'm, I'm your brother, okay? Else they will kill me for you, okay? So I will also tell them you are my sister, but you tell them I'm your brother, in fact, he wasn't lying. He was just honest. He married his father's daughter. That's true. 
But in that context, they are married. They are married. They are married couples. Because of the beauty of his wife, I mean, he, he felt they would snatch the wife from him. From him. So he tried to protect the wife by lying. You know, sometimes some people do some things to cover up themselves. No, God will uncover you. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Thank you for the amen. I love that. Listen to me, child of God. King Abimelech went after the woman. In Genesis 20, verse 3 down. And the Lord came down and said, Hey, Abimelech, you were as good as dead. Pull it up. Pull it up. Pull it up, sister. Genesis 20, from verse 1 to 5, there about. Is it? You were as good as dead. Uh, NIV. <laughs> you were as good as dead, for you have taken another man's wife. And the man began to argue with God. But he said, This is sister. I'm innocent. And the Lord said, yes, I kept you from sinning against me because I know you are innocent. You didn't do anything. At that time, he had not yet touched Sarah. And he would not touch Sarah too. And God said, if you don't return the man's wife, I will kill you. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Okay, he's here. <laughs> and Abraham moves up to the Negev and leave for a while, between Kadesh and Shu. And, and, uh, and then he moved on to Gerah while, while living there as a foreigner. Go on. Abraham introduced his wife, Sarah, by saying, she's my sister. So, King Abimelech of Gerah sent for Sarah. Ah, yeah, yeah, be careful. <laughs> be careful who's, who you are taking. Hallelujah. Send for, maybe that man is anointed by demon to take people's wife. Demon can anoint, anoint people to take people's wife. To look at virgins in the community and want to grab them. God punish you. Hello. And he said, and, and Abimelech of Gerah sent for Sarah and had her brought to him at his palace. Ooh, too far. But that night, God came to Abimelech in a dream and told him, you are, you are good, you are, you are a dead man. No, can you give me the, is that NIV? Okay. But NIV said, do you have NIV? Mom, read for me. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, you are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Is it, it, your commitment must come to the, to, to the face of God, to the standard. God will come down. Let me put this way. Listen, God will come down and fight for you when somebody touch anything that belongs to you. Oh, come on. You are not here. Are you here? Listen, listen, God, ask Abraham, leave your father, your mother, your family. I will show you where to go. Follow me. And Abraham left everything. That's commitment. 
When he arrived in Canaan, there was famine. <laughs> Nothing was there. That's commitment. <laughs> so many things God demanded from Abraham. From Genesis 12, 13, 14, 15. At one time in 15, God came to me and said, I am the God. I, I, he said, can we go? He said, I, I, walk before me. I am the God of something. So walk before me and be what? Be, be, be perfect. And I will exceedingly bless you. I am the God Almighty. Walk before me. And I will bless you exceedingly. And I will be your reward. Oh God, where's my reward? When I'm here without a child. And God demands commitment from him. 17, 18, 19. There were sacrifices he made. Now the woman that God promised that she will produce a child. Another man want to have it. Who? Abraham showed a commitment to God. Which is necessary. And God came down and said no. So I'm saying that what, if what bothers God. If what bothers God bothers you. Then whatever that bothers you, God will come down. Does the church bother you? Does the group of the church bother you? If it bothers you, you will go after evangelism and say, God, I want to win souls for your kingdom. Does the group of the church bothers you? If it bothers you, you will get involved. You will be part of everything going on. You say, Lord, this is my strength. I can sing or I can pray. I can pray in the seed. And this is my calling. I can teach on healing and deliverance. That's my calling. I can cook. I can host. I can take care of the visitors. I can go for house-to-house evangelism. The heartbeat of God is missions. Mission, not just a foreign mission. Come on, you didn't hear this one. I said, not just a foreign mission. Here. Here. That neighbor by your house. Hi, 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 hi. No, go further. Come on. Go beyond the high. Hi. Go, go beyond that. Break that barrier and go beyond. Ask him, where, where have you spent your Christmas last year? He will answer, I was in New Jersey for Christmas. Oh, praise God. Where will you spend your eternal life? What did you eat last, last night? Fufu and tilapia. <laughs> did you struggle to make that decision? No. So this is the easiest decision I could make. Oh. Have you thought of heaven? Have you made a decision? Then you drive the conversation from into the spiritual realm because you are a spirit you have a soul and you live in this body. You must speak the language of the Spirit of God. 
God came down to fight for Abraham and his wife. May God fight for somebody. Come on. I said, may God fight for you. In that office that they are fighting you there, in that particular office they are fighting you, I pray that the Lord will arise and fight for you. May all God arise and fight for that brother, fight for that sister. In the name of Jesus, wherever you are and they are fighting your increase and multiplication, today I decree in the name of Jesus, by divine mandate, may the Lord fight for you and fight every battle concerning you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Every barrier people make before you. I break those barriers. In the name of Jesus. Every line men and women drew for you. That you will not cross. I command those lines to be crossed today. In the name of Jesus. Every dirty news. Spread against you. Which was a lie. From the pit of hell, I pray today that the Lord will clean up. The Lord will clean up. The Lord will do a new thing in your life. The place of your failure will become a place of your success. In the name of Jesus. And God rebuked that man and said to him, Come and return the man's wife quickly. Else you and your household will die. It's still there. Have you read it? Yeah. Say, I'm going to kill you. Can you pull it back, sir? Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I wish I have you in my church <laughs> to, to do that for me. Hallelujah. So please. Oh, no, you, you've gone too far. I'm talking about Genesis 20. One minute I'll close. Genesis 20. I want to read that. Say, return the man's wife. He'll pray for you. For he's a prophet. That's what the Lord said. He's a prophet. Do you know your bishop is a prophet? No, come on. Do you know he's a prophet? He doesn't need to leave his beer plenty before you know. He's a prophet. Oh, come on. He's a man that walks his talk. He's the man that when he said it, God confirmed it. Are you listening to me, somebody? Okay, go on to four. Verse four. <laughs> go to five. He said, didn't Abraham tell me she's my sister? And she, she herself said it, said, yes, he is my brother. I, God, I acted in complete innocence. My hands are clean. This, uh, this is a man talking with God in a dream. God, an unbeliever, a Gentile. God wants to strike him. In, in a dream, God responded, yes, I know you are innocent. That is why I kept you from sinning against me. You see, what you are doing to that brother, listen to me, the treatment you are giving to that neighbor, you think is against him. It's a lie. It's against God. When you are kind to him, God, look at it. When you yell at him, God, look at it. <laughs> and why I did not let you touch her. Okay, go on. Now, return the woman to the husband. Oh, come on. Return that money stolen. He said, return the woman to the husband. And he will pray for you. For he is a prophet. Wait a minute. Abraham was introduced by God himself. When God introduced you, 
Nobody can turn it around. He said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Matthew 3, 17. Now, now, he said, now, for he, he is a prophet. Then, then you will leave. <laughs> it means without it, you will not leave. Go to 7, 8. But if you do not, if you don't return her to him, you can be sure that you and all your people will die. The reason why so many death is going on, you don't know. There are some things going on sometimes, you never know. A man promised me many years ago, we, we were having, we were, we were connecting water in the village of our people. Water in the village for about 4,500 people. And, and a, a business, or a, a contract that's supposed to last for three good, three months for the people, all the villages, Lasted for nine months because there was one person or a couple of people that rallied around and said, this cannot happen. We cannot be here and this boy come to do this. He must die. Sometimes I will sleep and see myself tied up in my dream. I will pray and wake up, the, the rope broken down. He promised me I will not cross that year. That same year, I won't cross it. I'm talking about 2018, uh, 2008. 2009, sorry. I will not cross that year to 2010. I said, Lord, save me, Lord. You brought me to this village to be for you, to represent you. Save me, Lord. By 27th of that year, of that December, the man passed away. Come on, tell me. I didn't pray die, but God fight my battle for me. May God fight your battle for you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The news was everywhere. He was talking to everybody. He would die. I don't know what he was doing. I believe in one thing. His presence, his protection is with me. You can't kill the man anointed to live. Impossible. Listen, you cannot kill the man anointed to live. No, you can't. God will come there and say, hey, leave him alone. Touch not anointed. David understood this. Even though he also carried anointing, he saw that man and said, no, don't talk in Saul. Three times Saul met, no, David met Saul. He said, don't touch him. And Abraham prayed for him after he returned and blessed him. And when Abraham was leaving, he gave you all the, all the physical, <laughs> material things Abraham need. He lavished it on him and said to everybody in the city of, of, uh, of Gera, don't touch that man. He's a prophet. He's a man of God. That's what it means. He's a man of God. He's a servant of the Most High God. By his word, he put a mark on Abraham and said, everyone in my city, this man is special. Don't touch him. He's anointed. I'm here to announce to you, you are special breed. The hand of God is upon you. The Lord will protect you in the name of Jesus. Remember, commitment is the key. Shall we stand? Shall we stand? Commitment. Come on, say commitment. This evening I'm going to talk about commitment despite distraction. I want everybody to be here. I'm going to talk about commitment 
despised. Despite distraction. Something wants to distract you. But you can still be committed. Let's lift our hands together. Oh God. Give him the praise. Come on, worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Open your mouth and worship the Lord. Open your mouth and worship the Lord. Give him the praise. Give him the praise. Give him the praise. Give God that praise. Give God that praise. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.